Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Miranda, the Executive Director of Priests for Life, also the Executive Director of End Abortion U.S. And of course, joining me today for our program is Frank Pabone, pro-life leader. Welcome to the program. Good to be here. Well, of course, we have a new Congress, came in in January, and so many of our people worked very hard uh, to elect pro-life candidates. And of course, we didn't uh, get back the Senate, but we did increase the House. We got back the House. And people must be wondering, okay, I understand the bills won't get over to the Senate because Chuck Schumer will keep them in the closet. He won't let a pro-life bill to the floor. But what exactly is the House doing, mm-hmm. uh, our pro-life candidates? So Yeah, right. Well, they hit the ground running. Of course, we were there to welcome them at the reception mm-hmm. that our friend Marjorie Dannenfelser put together. And, uh, no, they hit the ground running with, uh, with some pro-life measures that... Uh, right. Uh, we've discussed on other programs that the resolution in favor of the pregnancy centers, right. condemning the attacks on the pregnancy centers, and um, and uh, pr- of course calling for for people to uh, uh, recognize their good work. The other thing they did was to pass that measure that for years the Democrats didn't even want to vote on, That's uh, right. which yeah. is to protect babies who survive abortions. I mean, now we're not even talking about the unborn, we're talking about the born. Right. But they were born because of a failed abortion, and folks on the other side figure, well, because they were marked for abortion, uh, they should just be killed even right. outside the womb. There's some protection for them, but not enough. Well, so they passed a bill to increase right. that protection. And people have to realize under the previous con. Congress, Nancy Pelosi kept that bill off the floor. That's right. And there was a discharge petition. Discharge petition. So the pro-life representatives tried to fight against Well, let's explain that. When the leadership doesn't want to vote on something, if a majority of the members do, that's what a discharge petition does. They sign on to it. And once it reaches a majority, it overcomes the objections of the leadership. There weren't enough Democrats signing on for it to for it to reach a majority. Right. So, so now, though, we have but now now Nancy Pelosi has been fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by yeah, the yeah. election. Yeah. And uh, we have a a pro life house. Yeah. And so I was in the 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 gallery that day, and uh, listened to the discussion. And first of all, with the pregnancy center one, uh, resolution, it was ridiculous. The Democrats did not want to see a resolution passed to say you must protect these pregnancy centers from violence. It was crazy. And and they were citing, well, what about us? It's not fair to the abortion clinics. What do you mean? Uh, like they said, well, why are you worried about the pregnancy centers? Well, because nobody's been attacking the abortion clinics. You know what they did? They went back and quoted things that happened in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And those people, guess what, were prosecuted and went to jail if any damage done to clinics or, or shooting an abortionist. And the, I'm telling you, the discussion was crazy. But at the end, the Republicans won, and they passed the resolution saying that the Department of Justice and everyone else, if there's a problem where a pregnancy center is attacked, they have to bring the full strength of the law to, to justice, right? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 there was a, a deafening silence 
from the Democrat side of the aisle uh, when those attacks were happening. Oh, yes. After terrible. the Dobbs uh, decision. It was terrible. Um, should have been condemned a long time ago. Should have been condemned right at the start. As soon exactly. As it happened. Yeah. So then there was the, like you just mentioned, the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, basically. And people, the first of all, there was a confusion. No, it's the, uh, it's born the Alive. Born Alive Abortion right. Survivors. Right, Born Alive. But Born Alive actually was happened all the way back with Bush. The problem was it didn't have teeth. It had no enforcement of, okay, the baby's born alive, but there was nothing forcing them. What do you them. do? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? And what was happening is, people may not realize this, the abortionists were killing the babies. They were either, you know, like Gosnell and the others snipping the back of their, their neck with scissors and killing them, or in some cases, they were just taking them and throwing them in a medical waste bag and, and, and letting them suffocate to death. Mm -hmm. So now with this bill, they, ha they must transport them to a hospital. Now, it's only been passed on the House side. I don't know if we'll get, if Chuck Schumer will let a vote come, but, you know, we can still pressure that on the Senate side, can't we? Yes. Right. Well, you know, uh, our friends, again, with the, the, when we had that reception for the new members, our friends on the Senate side, like Senator Langford, for example, and uh, he was saying, hey, listen, we're introducing this stuff. We're standing firm in the Senate. Even That's if the right. leadership doesn't want it, we are pushing for this pro-life and uh, and the rules are a little bit different in the Senate. Oh, that, oh, that they, they might be able to at least bring it to the floor for a vote, even if they can't win the vote. Mm -hmm. It puts people on record, mm -hmm. and it shows how extreme the Democrats are that they want to just well, kill a, a born alive baby. That raises an important point that a lot of people ask. Well, if we know that this is not going to be able to become law, is it still worth passing it? It's imperative that we pass it, right? Because legislators have to legislate. That, that, in other words, this is why we elected these members of the House, mm -hmm. that they pass legislation. For the House of Representatives to pass something, that has a deep significance in and of itself, even if it doesn't get to the final stage of being signed into law, right. because you have the voice and will of the American people expressing itself in a formal legislative way. You have a permanent record. You have a record not only of the vote, but of the arguments that were made. Right. And you have, you have stirred up public debate, awareness, and education. And furthermore, you have brought this bill through the legislative process, the hearings, the votes, the debates, the amendments. You've brought it through that process, which in and of itself is a big task that then makes it easier for it to happen the next time when you may in fact have a Senate and a president necessary to get it into law. So well, no, nobody should ever think that it's, it's uh, you know, an exercise in futility to pass it if we know it's not going to become law right now. Right. No, don't uh -uh. fall into that mindset. It's crucially significant uh, that it be done. Right. Well, and the other important thing to me is, because we will have elections in 2024, yes. the, the entire House will be up for re-election. As always. A third of the Senate, right. as always. And so therefore, their record will be, did they vote for or against this, this bill? Mm -hmm. And that's very important because that shows, okay, well, if they're pro-life, they're going to vote in favor of it. And if they're pro-abortion, they're going to vote against it. And this way, it's plain and simple to say, are you going to re-elect? Are you going to re-elect someone who would let a baby die and suffocate like that mm -hmm. to death? Mm -hmm. That's cruel. That's terrible. You know, if I, I always say, if that was a puppy, Oh my God! It would be on the, the news. Oh yeah. Not to, not to let that happen to that puppy. People wouldn't stand Resuscitate for it. Resuscitate that puppy. Not That's to, like the old brochure. Remember that old pro-life brochure? It shouldn't happen, happen to, to a, a dog. dog. Yeah. That's what this is, right? <laughs> so now we have uh, a new bill that was introduced, which um, I think we should get excited about. No taxpayer funding for abortion. Yes. It's introduced in the House. It's called HR Seven, 
and it was introduced, I think one of the signers is our friend, Congressman Chris Smith and others. And uh, this, this is a, a great thing because when you poll the American people, there might be some people who say, well, you know, I wouldn't have an abortion, but, you know, oh, I don't know if we should ban all abortions. Right. But when you ask them, do you want your tax dollars to pay for someone else's abortion? Most the of them majority go, say no. Majority say no. That, now that's going too far. And even more say no if you talk about abortions internationally. Oh, absolutely. To pay for abortions in another country? In another country? No. So what I'm going to do right now is I think I want to share uh, with our um our, our listeners here, uh, the background to this bill, because yeah. so when people say no tax funding for abortion, well, how does the money get, you know, from the government to pay for the abortion? Because people don't understand the trail. So I'm going to read some of this. This is the background for H.R. 7. The No Taxpayer Funding for Abortion Act, is what it's officially called, would establish a permanent government-wide prohibition on federal taxpayer funding for elective abortion including funding for insurance plans that cover elective abortion. Currently, there is a patchwork of short-term laws that stop federal taxpayer funding for abortion, but these laws must be passed again each and every year as part of the annual appropriation bills. The most well-known of these laws, of course, is the Hyde Amendment. Because they must be reconsidered every year, they are vulnerable to being eliminated by a hostile Congress. These policies cover many federal funding streams, but are incomplete. For example, Obamacare is not covered, and as a result, Obamacare funds hundreds of health insurance plans that pay for abortion on demand. A permanent government-wide law against taxpayer funding for abortion is urgently needed. The House of Representatives must pass H.R. 7, but the GOP only has the narrowest of majorities. If everyone is present for the vote, only four Republicans can vote against the bill or it will fail. The best way to ensure the voters, uh, the votes are uh, there to pass H.R. 7 is to urge every member of Congress to co-sponsor the bill. Co-sponsoring means they are adding their names as an official supporter of the bill. Many will not co-sponsor the bill unless they hear from their own constituents. Now, co-sponsoring also says... If you co-sponsor the bill, then you know when it comes for a vote, you're going to vote in favor of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's like a guarantee, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, th th this is this is an important point because we often urge people, and we have urged people on this bill, to ask their representatives to vote for it. Right. But this is an additional ask. Right. Don't just vote for it. Please co-sponsor. Right. That's, that's And see, what I mentioned was we only have this four-vote lead in yeah, the House. Yeah. That's a very not much. That's not much. We we can't afford to lose any of those Republicans, or the, they may not pass. You know, so you know what we're going to do. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you now how you can help get your representatives to co-sponsor this bill. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I want to be a fireman, and I go up. I want to be a teacher. I want to be president of the United States. I want to find a cure for cancer. The choice to have an abortion alters the course of the future. Please remember, where there's life, there's hope. A message from Priests for Life. Well, welcome back to our program. And, you know, I thought I would mention, you might be wondering, is there a problem with our makeup? Because, look... <laughs> 
<laughs> we have these little marks because we're recording this program on Ash Wednesday. So we both uh, early this morning went to church and got our ashes. So I thought I'd just explain. <laughs> no, we don't need a makeup touch up here. It's it's Ash Wednesday. But this topic is so important that we wanted to come into the studio and present it to you. You know, you read the summary of the bill. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with the members of Congress, of course, and every year we hear about these appropriations battles. Right. They have to stand oh. up and they have to say, we need to protect our money from abortion. And, you know, it's a battle on each of the, there's many different funding streams. Yes. I didn't understand this at first. I'm sure many of our fellow citizens don't understand it It's because it's complicated. There's many different funding streams of, that our tax money right. goes through to fund different agencies right. of the government. Mm -hmm. And so you have, uh, like, it, like it said the, in the- The Hyde Amendment summer, is one. Yeah, <clears throat> only covering certain funds. Well, and the Hyde Amendment and, only protects here in America. Then there, I think it's the Helms Amendment is for overseas mm -hmm. uh, to stop funding. So it says patchwork. There's a patchwork of short-term laws. They right. want just for, what, for that year. Right. We're not going to cover abortion in this funding stream. Next year, we're going to have to battle it out again. So this bill, it makes it permanent instead right. of short-term, right. that no money will be used for abortion. And it applies to the whole government rather than just specific agencies or specific funding streams. It applies to the whole government. That's the, 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 the beauty of this, uh, uh, this particular bill. Right. Well, okay, so now we're going to tell people what you need to do. You ready for this? What do you do? Okay, right. because uh, there are a certain number of members uh, who have signed on, okay, and I have a list here of all these members, um, but there's a whole bunch of them that just haven't bothered to sign on. Even though they, they, they voted for it in the past. In the past. Yeah, some of these They're, members uh, on the, the last Congress, they voted for this bill, but they still haven't co-signed it. Yeah. Why not? You voted for last time. Why wouldn't you co-sign it? So I think if we have pressure from the constituents, so this is where it's very important. First of all, you need to know who your congressman is. Well, yeah. well if you don't, that's a standalone task to get done right away. Who's your member? Who, Congress, who's your member? Right? Yeah. Who's your member? Like we know here in Florida where we are, it's uh, Pelosi. Uh, Bill Posey. Po po not Pelosi. Posey. is Posey is our representative. And so you see who hasn't signed. And uh, if your member hasn't, First of all, if your member did co-sign the bill, you want to thank them. Mm -hmm. You can contact them anyway and thank them for co-signing. But now we need to pressure those um, who haven't. So here's the steps. You can use a web search engine to search their name and find their government website. Okay, this website should uh, end in .gov, all these government websites. It can easily be confused with their campaign website, which does not end in .gov. So you're looking for the website with .gov for this ad advocacy yeah, to be successful. Yeah, because we're talking about their role of governing. Governing, not, not campaigning. Not campaigning. Yeah. It's best to contact the official government office where the constituent contact is recorded. So now, when you get your, 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 your congressman's place, the .gov website, and you find out how to get a hold of them, it's more effective, well, there'll be a phone number there. Okay, you can call the the House switchboard, the Capitol switchboard, but it's more effective if you make the call in your state to their district office in the state, right? We know that's more effective, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then, um, okay, so I'm going to read the next one. You tell the representative staff that you oppose federal taxpayer funding for abortion and you want him or her to co-sponsor H.R. 7, 
the No Taxpayer Funding for Abortion Act and to urge the Republican leadership to schedule a vote on the bill. Now, when you're, when you're saying that to them, you, when, what you do is when they first say hello, ask for the person who handles uh, legislature. Uh, uh, on abortion. On abortion. Legislative aid. The legislative aid on abortion, because if you just talk to the very first person that says hello, that's like a receptionist. Mm -hmm. And you don't don't really want that person. You want to get to the legislative aid who handles the abortion issue. Because your call will be recorded in a different way. Exactly. And what happens is, and, and people may not realize this, every phone call, every email, and every snail mail letter is recorded and why the person is communicating. So that's important, right? Yeah, this is, uh, uh, this is important too because some of these members, even though they're pro-life, they're kind of complaining that, oh, how come we're talking about abortion right away? You know, at the beginning. We're talking about abortion because it's the most important issue. That's right. It's the most important issue in and of itself, not, not because most people are talking about it, but because you're talking about the first purpose of government, which is the protection of life. We've got to strengthen them. We've got to let them know that the people are behind them when they deal with the, the, this issue of abortion, that we want them to deal with it. This is part of the purpose of this call, That's right. above and beyond support for this specific well, bill. What people have to realize is people are lobbying your congressman on a whole host of issues That's every right. single including day. Including pro-abortion. School, including pro-abortion. You know, yeah. If you don't think Planned Parenthood is, is enough, they're lobbying. That's right. You're, you're like not in reality. There are, but there's all kinds of other issues. Who's worrying about roads? Who's worrying about veterans affairs? Who's worrying about the farmers? There's just so many issues. If they don't hear about abortion at all, they say, well, I'm pro-life, but mm, my people aren't telling me about anything yeah. they want. Let's get, a, let's get more of a ground swing. We have yeah. to have more of a, like, where they hear from us, That's okay? Okay, so now here's the next part. To relay this message, go to the contact page of the .gov site, like we said, where there you should find the phone numbers for all the representatives' offices and a contact form to provide electronic message as well. So you're going to urge them to co-sponsor HR7 in one of the following ways. A. Call the Washington office and ask for the legislative assistant who handles pro-life or women's issues. If the legislative assistant takes the call, relay the message and make sure they take down your name and address. And you want to explicitly request that. Yes. That's another point. That's another point. A lot of times people will call, oh, okay, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Say, no, 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 no. I want you to my record name my name and address and ask them to officially respond to your request by mail. By mail. Because right. now... You've now forced them not only to take your name and address, but you're going to get a letter in the mail from your representative. So that's very important. And also, the next part is call one of the local offices listed and leave a message with the person who answers the phone. Be sure that they take, again, down your name and address. Ask them to officially respond to your request by mail again. So not only are you going to call the D.C. office, you're going to call the local district office, both. Because can you imagine, and here's another formula. I know Congressman Chris Smith and other members have told us, for every phone call, email, and letter they get, every one, they think that there's another 99 people in their district who feel the same way. So mm-hmm. it's like, you, you, it's more power for you. Mm-hmm. But your call is counted even higher, right? And when the local office gets a call about a national issue, that gets their attention. Oh, absolutely. Okay, and then the final suggestion is send a personalized email through the contact form on the representative's contact page. Note, these forms will only take your message if your address is within the congressional district. And that's an important piece right there. You know, uh, just because uh, you see a certain member from another state, you want to contact, it's not going to work. 
they want to hear just from their constituents back home, mm -hmm. right? Just them. So this is really important when you say, I mean, we really have to um, get people more involved. You know, so many people, I think, they show up on election day, finally, they do vote for the pro-life people, and then they think their job's done until the next mm -hmm. election, mm -hmm. right? I mean... Well, this is how we make our vote bear fruit right here. You know, right. The bill is there. They've introduced it. They've worked on it. And this has been introduced in the past. As well. <coughs> right. Now's the time for us to right. get a vote on it, get everyone on record, and get the public debate right. advanced. And we know on the Senate side, uh, the pro-life uh, senators, they're just waiting to get a bill like this that oh, they yeah. want to run with, too. That's so. right. Well, thank you. Great discussion. All right. Very and good. Of course, for more information on politics, go to our page at ProLifeVote.com. We can get you on our election team because we're starting now for 2024. So thanks. This is Janet Moran. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.